Welcome back to Hope Help Heal. I know it has been a while. I am way off with um, how long in between episodes I post. and um, There's, as with any person, you know, there's ups and downs in lives. And I'm just trying to ride the roller coaster. And to be honest, I haven't been doing too well. Um, putting that aside, though, I wanted to get out this next episode, um, because it's, it's something that, um, really, um, connected with me the other day when I was reading it. Um, I have the app, uh, well, to start off with, on Facebook, I started following this page called The Higher Perspective, and I noticed one day that there was a sponsored ad, and it was from The Higher Perspective. It was a video over something, and then it had a little ad for uh, their app, uh, their new app that they had started, and so I decided I wanted to download it, and thankfully I did. Um, it has a lot of lovely articles. I, I quite enjoy reading the higher perspective. Now, they don't update um, too terribly often that I have noticed, but that doesn't mean it still doesn't have a good read. I mean, I haven't had the app since the beginning, so I do have the opportunity to go back and read things um, that have probably been on there for a while or maybe not that long, but to me, it's all new, so it's great. Um, this article, however, that I'm doing this over um, it really connected with me because I've been having a lot of issues with my anxiety and depression acting up. And this one article just, it, it just really, I really connected with it. And I was thinking I really want to do this one because it has uh, so many relatable aspects to it. Which is weird because it's, it's called Five Things You Need to Remember If Your Partner Has Anxiety. Now, if you want to, I'm sure you can look up on The Higher Perspective on Facebook or if you want to download their app. I believe they have a website, but um, I would double check through the app or their Facebook page um, on that one. But uh, yeah, so this one, it it's good. It's a good read for those who are in a relationship with somebody who deals with anxiety um, others would say, you know, suffers from anxiety because sometimes it it can it can be physically, mentally, and emotionally crippling, um, depending on the severity of the situation and how it affects that individual person. Um, so diving into this, uh, it started off with a statistic. It says that um, eighteen percent of adults, eighteen and over, well, I guess you know if you're eighteen or over, you're an adult. But 18% of people 18 and over in the U.S. alone suffer from anxiety, which equates to approximately 40 million people. Now, if you round that up a little bit, it's rough. Like, we have 7, almost 8 billion people in the world. So, almost half a billion people suffer from depression. Just in the U.S. alone. That is an outstanding number to me. And it is very sad and it it's just it's not not a fun thing to think about um so going ahead with the first point that they had was that anxiety affects you physically mentally and emotionally people just think you know if you have anxiety you just you don't like being around people you don't like a certain situation whatever um there 
are a lot of stigmas or a lot of just speculation over what something is. If somebody does not personally deal with a certain situation, it's hard for them to actually understand it unless they sit down and they talk to somebody. Or, you know, if they happen to also suffer from said event, disorder, whatever. Um, some of the ways that anxiety can affect a person is through headaches, cold sweats, um, having a flushed face, insomnia, and stiff muscles. And that right there got to me. Um, I suffer from constant migraines. I take a blood pressure medication because it's the only thing that I've been able to take that makes a dent in toning down my migraines. They had me on a uh, post-surgery strength Loratab, and that did nothing to my migraines. It, they still killed me. They made me nauseous, made me just want to curl up into a ball and cry because I didn't know how else to deal with it. Um, cold sweats, not a particular symptom that I've dealt with. Um, I have dealt with insomnia and stiff muscles. Um, when I used to see a chiropractor, she would always mention that my shoulders were always really tense and that's where people who deal with stress tend to hold their stress. And she said that I need to, you know, like find outlets and ways to deal with that because it's not good for a person. All right. Um, so yeah, that's just a little info on how I relate to that one point. Um, the next point is depression often accompanies anxiety. Uh, it's and anxiety is not a standalone thing. It, um, I think it was like about half of people who suffer from anxiety also suffer from depression. <laughs> hey, I'm one of those half. So, um, that actually came from something that I would like to look into personally. Um, it's the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. Um, they're the ones who said that, you know, half people with anxiety also have depression. And one, I honestly had never thought to look into, um, whether the anxiety, you know, the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, I didn't know they existed until I read that article. Um, in the article that is on the app, there's actually a link to them. I have not looked into it, but I am actually very interested to look into it to see um, what more information that they have uh, concerning depression and anxiety. Um, the, the issue that people have when dealing with both anxiety and depression is that you constantly feel torn between the two because anxiety has a fast and flowing effect on you while depression makes you very stagnant and apathetic. Like you, anxiety, like me with social anxiety, I can be out in a new environment that I am not comfortable with and my anxiety says, you need to go and run away. You need to get away from what is making you uncomfortable. While my depression says, you know what, it doesn't matter. Just sit, be miserable, deal with it. Um, they're not fun situations. Um, I uh, Dealing with it myself, I don't understand how people, how they can, like, glorify mental illnesses like they they want to pretend like they have a mental illness so that they can get sympathy and it's you that's like saying oh I'm black 
when I'm not. You can't pretend to be something and understand what those people go through just because you say you have it. Because you want people to feel bad for you or whatever you want out of it. It's just, it's not right to take advantage of something like that. And I don't understand why people would want to pretend to have such a crippling I, I don't like calling it a disease, but having such a, a crippling attribute to themselves. Like, why would you want to pretend to be something that is so miserable to live with day in and day out? It just, it, it baffles me that people would actually do that. Um, the third one on the list was that alone time is absolutely necessary. Um, I didn't write a lot to go with that because I just wanted to kind of go off the cuff about it and it was alone time is a necessity because even in a relationship I'm in a very good relationship the happiest I've ever been I mean I have nothing bad to say it's the best ever I mean you know everybody has their problems whatever but the point is is that we work through it but as much as I love spending time with him and, you know, hanging out, watching movies, shows, playing video games, going out on dates, walking the dogs, whatever, as much as I love to spend time with him, I can't always be with him. We need time apart in order for our relationship to continue thriving because you can't spend every minute of every day with somebody and expect things to to be good all the time. Uh, it, it doesn't matter how in love you are with somebody or how much you love someone or care for them. I mean, you can live with your, your parents every day of your life. Um, like, but up until like puberty hits, kids, they love their parents or they hate their parents. I mean, we, we have the constant fluctuations between love and hate and it's not always hate. It's just, you know, it's, it's your hormones. You just, you feel one way, you feel another way, you go back and forth. And if you don't have that separation, it can drive you insane doing the same thing in and out. So alone time is definitely necessary go read a book, go take yourself out to lunch, go watch a movie by yourself, go take a walk. Um, my favorite thing is all just like, well, we can be together, but it's still alone time because he'll be playing something. I'll pop in some earbuds and I'll just be listening to music or I'll watch videos or do something. Um, you don't have to do everything with the person you love or, you know, the, your family, your friends. It's, it's very healthy to have your alone time because you need to be able to be alone with yourself in order to fully appreciate being with other people. Um, that could, okay, I'm probably wrong on that, but you know, to me it makes sense. I mean, you can love being with people all the time, but then you get tired of it and it's not until you have time alone that you realize, you know, I like being by myself, but I like being with other people. Um, I used to hang out with uh, my friends a lot back in my hometown, and it was just like party here, party there, go to the bar, do karaoke, go play pool. We were always doing something, and I, I love my friends, 
but it got so exhausting just constantly being around somebody. I needed to be able to say no to going out, to doing something. Um, even the most minuscule thing, like just going to the park. Sometimes I had to, you know, probably not the nicest thing, but you got to fib sometimes and say, you know, I'm not feeling well, or, you know, my parents said no, or I have this family thing, whatever. But it is very very healthy for a person to have their alone time and um i actually need to work on doing a little more of that um number four on this was never keep your partner from loving you um just because you have anxiety it doesn't mean you can't love or you are not lovable um that's actually a big stigma with people who have anxiety disorders, um, even with depression and whatnot, um, people think that they're an impossible person to love. And I've actually said those words. I've had those feelings that nobody can possibly love me. It's just, it's not, it's not realistic that somebody would want to love me. Um, I, I always thought, you know, I'm going to fall in love and it's going to be amazing. But then that little voice in the back of my head was saying, you can't love somebody like that. And they couldn't possibly love you. You're very unlovable. You're unworthy. You're, you're so depressing and just a negative person. And it's, I mean, living with that, people, people say, you always have that little voice in the back of your head, your conscience and stuff. But depression and anxiety is that nagging voice. It's like that little devil on your shoulder constantly telling you that you are not good enough. And you have to be strong enough to fight back and say, no, I am good enough. And if I'm not, I will work to get there. Because you can't give up on yourself. If you give up on yourself, it's hard to fight that battle daily. Um, there was a little tidbit at the end of that one that, um, said for the, the people who have the partners with anxiety, it's, it's best for you to listen to your partner with an open heart and an open mind and be, be their support, be there when they're feeling down and they just need to cry be there for them, hold them, just let them cry. If they want to talk, they'll talk. If they don't, just be there for them. Let them know that you love them, you care for them, and you will always be there. That that can be enough. That can be more than enough. It can bring somebody out of the worst mood possible just by you being there, willing to hold them or just lay there, um, being in their presence. It It's a very comforting thing to know that somebody is always there for you. Um, it's like, uh, when my boyfriend's on night shifts, um, he's up, uh, like his, his shifts are 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And so when he's off, he still has to stay up to stay in the routine of being up at night. And obviously I'm not going to stay up. I have a job that's daytime. It doesn't switch with his job. So, uh, he'll, he'll lay in bed, he'll play games, he'll program, he'll talk to his buddies that are currently actually, like, on their job at the time. Um, he, they are actually down a person, so they'll, 
the uh, they have to be on call to help out if you know anything comes up that they need help with because um, on night shift there's actually only one person on the job so he'll he'll be working from the bedroom he'll usually wait until I fall asleep and then I wake up in the morning and he's usually like on his last leg watching a show or playing a game trying to stay awake until it's you know bedtime about when he would actually get home from work um, but just Knowing that he is there for me, even though he doesn't have to be, um, he will stay in the room until I fall asleep because it is a comfort to me to know that he is there. Um, I actually needed him last night. I broke down. Uh, the past couple of days have been a little hard for me emotionally. But uh, last night, I could not get to bed. I just started thinking about terrible things. I was sad. I was crying. Um, he was there for me. And one of the biggest things is when I get to those down points, he wants, he, he lets me know that if I need to talk, he's there for me. He lets me know that he loves me. He will hug me. And he says, you know, I would do anything for you. Having that kind of support when you feel like you're at your lowest and nothing's ever going to get good again. It's nice to have that confirmation that you do have somebody who loves you and cares about you and is not going to give up on you. Um, this last one is, it kind of ties back to what I was saying about people who like to pretend they have a mental illness. Um, this last one is that it's never just for attention. Um, people who are dealing with anxiety or depression or any other mental illness or really anything that someone can suffer from. Um, all people want, they want that genuine love and compassion. Um, they, they want you to listen to what they have to say so that you can understand why they spontaneously cried in the middle of watching an episode. It's like, you can just be sitting there and all of a sudden this overwhelming feeling of sad hits you and you start crying and you're thinking, no, my life is good. We're watching stand up. We're watching a funny show. We're watching a movie, whatever. And just all of a sudden you start crying out of nowhere. You don't know why. Or you start thinking of uh, a, a deceased family member or something that you just miss terribly. And it's it can hit you out of nowhere. But being able to talk to someone about it and, you know, just get it out there, it releases some of that tension that can arise. Um, I've actually been told before that it's like I put up a wall or I crawl into a shell. I block myself from those who care about me. Because I don't want to enter their positivity with my negativity. Because I don't want to taint that. Um, it's not healthy to keep it in. But I grew up doing that a lot. Um, if I had emotions that were overwhelming, bottle it up. Put it away. Deal with it. It's life. But... Um, over this relationship, 
he has slowly been trying to get me out of that habit. I need to be able to talk about it. I need to let it out. Um, <laughs> he's actually told me multiple times when I'm feeling sad, um, like just last night, I was nauseous because I wanted to do that big bellowing cry that from the bottom of your gut cry, just let it out. And I wouldn't. And holding that in was making me feel like I needed to throw up. I was getting a migraine. I felt terrible. And he's told me multiple times. Because, again, this is not something that just goes away after a couple of days. This is a daily struggle. But he has told me multiple times, let it out. Just cry. Do it. Stop holding it in. It's not good for you. And I've done it before, and it's easier to just let it out because you feel better so, so much faster than if you just hold it in, sleep, wake up the next day, and maybe feel better. <laughs> Luckily, I did feel better this morning. But uh, um, being, being able to talk to someone about it and they sit there and they listen to you rather than patronize you and make you feel like you're less of a person because you're dealing with something that they don't understand or that they're not willing to understand or try to understand. It's nice to be able to have somebody to talk to who's at least trying to make you feel better. They're doing it for you, not for themselves. Um, although it is, it is good for them as well because then they can get it, it kind of gets them to uh, get to know you a little better because it, as much as it sucks, if you suffer from anxiety and depression, it is a part of you. And it, for me, it's a part of me that I hate sharing with people because I think it's such a dark place and I don't like sharing that with others. It, um, my best friend, I've known her since third grade, um, we're in our late twenties, we're 26 and uh, she's going on 27. Uh, we've known each other since the third grade and it took me years to be able to open up and talk to her about anything. But now we can talk about anything. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter what the topic is. It's just very open. It's like we're talking about something from the newspaper. It's, it's so nice to have, um, those kind of people that will just, you know, you can talk about anything. They don't judge you. They listen to you. They give advice. They try whatever they can to make you feel better and not feel like you're alone or like you're this animal in a glass cage that everybody's just looking at and wondering what's wrong with it or, you know, look at that weird thing. I'm glad I'm not like that. Um, but dealing, dealing with anxiety disorder, um, learning how to manage your anxiety, it takes time and effort, not just from yourselves, but from the loved ones around you, um, your partner, your friends, your family, if they are truly there for you, they have to learn, um, you know, your, your signals of, you know, I'm not comfortable with this, or I need somebody right now. They, they will pick up on those cues and they will learn how to help you take care of you. Um, it's not just a one man job. So, uh, just being able, being able to take care of you by yourself 
or being able to take care of you with the help of others. It's it's an all-encompassing little picture. <laughs> um, so yeah, this this article it's it's again it's called Five Things You Need to Remember If Your Partner Has Anxiety. Um, it was from the Higher Perspective. I personally read it off of their app. I love it. I recommend it. Um, there are a couple other apps that I find similar and very interesting um, to the Higher Perspective. One of them is called Conscious. It is. It's not really as like it's it doesn't have a lot of articles but it has um like daily little little things for you to do um one of them is like notice the color blue around you in your everyday um like i have blue water bottle you know if you're on facebook there's blue there if you look up that sky at water posters people's eyes just notice the color blue and it's just like a, a daily little thing for you to do and you can accept the challenge deny it whatever um and then you're supposed to write a journal about it I don't but I like having that little something in the back of my mind to you know try to go throughout the day and remember and possibly do it it helps it helps you to open up and realize things um in a different way uh and then this other app that uh, was recommended to me was uh, Curiosity. In every day, it has five articles, stories, facts, whatever, um, that are just interesting. Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything right now. But it has, um, there's five things you swipe up, um, you know, just like you're scrolling down on Facebook. Um, there's five things. It'll show you the front page, tells you a little bit about it, like a little baby synopsis, like a couple lines. Uh, if you're interested, you can always save it. You can click on it. Usually there's accompanying video, um, there's an article, and then there's also related videos. Uh, they're really cool. Uh, I've, I've definitely learned some more things um, just about... Uh, one of them was about words, like contradict, like one word that has two meanings that actually contradict each other. Um, another one was talking about how, oh, what was it? So I don't know, something having to do with the planets and its moons and like it tells you the history of something or, you know, just, just odd stuff. Um, it's called Curiosity. It was really cool. Um, I believe it was recommended to me because of, uh, I have a daily horoscope app which I actually, I don't read a lot anymore. Um, I used to, it was always fun to try to apply that to my life as I see it. So, um, little wrap up, uh, article that I went over, five things you need to remember if your partner has anxiety. I read it from higher perspective. Um, about 40 million people in the U S alone, 18 and over suffer from anxiety. About half of those also have depression, um, anxiety affects you physically, mentally, and emotionally, uh, depression, I, again, depression can, uh, come along with anxiety and they are conflicting things. Anxiety is more, uh, you know, you, you need to do something kind of thing, like whether it's like run or leave or do some whatever, 
whatever anxiety gives you. <laughs> and then uh, depression is just a very low sinking feeling. So you're kind of torn in two different ways if you have both. Um, alone time is a necessity. And you you never... It, it never keeps your partner from loving you. Having anxiety does not make you unable to love or unlovable yourself. And it's never just for attention. I I don't think I will ever understand people who glorify mental illnesses. They're like, oh yeah, I wish I had that. And it's like, no, you don't. You really don't. If you had it, you would understand how ridiculous that sounds. So, um, sorry if I've been talking um, a little fast, a little excited or, you know, I'm sure I sounded weird, but, uh, thank you for tuning in. If you have continuously tuned in, if you are new to the podcast, feel free to check back on the other ones. Uh, I have the three part, um, stress episodes. Uh, hopefully it won't be taking me so long to come up with new episodes, but, uh, until I hear from people, all I can really do is read and have my own comments and compare it to my own personal life. And it would be nice to uh, get some people talking. Um, I believe I put it in the description. Hope, help, heal on Tumblr. There are hyphens in between each word. Hope, help, and heal. Um, feel free to message me on there. I believe you do not need to have a Tumblr account in order to contact me. Um, I have my old email account, advice underscore gal at Ymail. Um, but I also do have hope help heal 13 at Gmail. Uh, you can listen to me on SoundCloud, Google Play Music Podcast, uh, Stitcher, and I believe I'm up on iTunes as well. Um, so however you're listening to me, keep doing it, pass on, pass on my name, uh, help help heal. I will be here as long as you guys will have me and I hope to talk to some of you guys soon. It would be cool experience. Um, if you'd like, you can also go to my help help heal Tumblr and I am planning on typing up um, some of the past podcasts that I've done so far, um, some of the past installments that I've done, um, writing down the little tidbits, notes, and here and there that I've uh, talked about in them. So if you are interested or, you know, you didn't exactly hear or catch the name correctly of an article or the source that I got it from, um, I will try to get those up soon. So uh, thanks for listening and have a good one.